What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, for the first time in quite a while, we are recording during a football game. Uh, That was something we used to do quite a bit, uh, but we had sort of transitioned uh, to recording on Wednesdays and doing sort of a more rest-of-season ranking-focused uh, episodes, uh, since that, of course, is the the name of the game here uh, at ROS Rankings. Um, but now it's uh, playoff push time, and it, it, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, you know, part of the impetus here was that the Thursday night game, frankly, is just not that interesting and not that good. Uh, yeah. But we'll watch any football. We're junkies. But um, the big thing here is uh, fantasy playoffs are right around the corner, and we're going to be focusing more on weekly rankings uh, the rest of the way. Are you uh, ready to jump into that? Yeah, I like it. Uh, getting back to the game by game. For a while, it made sense to, like you said, do the rest of season rankings, You know, especially before uh, trade deadlines pass and things like that in fantasy football. But, man, the season goes by so quickly. You know, We're sitting here, what is it, week 14 now? And uh, like you said, fantasy playoffs are right around the corner. So, yeah, getting into it, we'll go game by game and talk about players who are interesting, some situations that have changed, lots of injury news as always we were talking before we started recording. It's just like you know, lots of quarterback, you know, backup quarterbacks. Uh we have some weather to talk about with some low uh total points uh, expected with on the East Coast, so a lot to get into tonight. Absolutely. And we do have new rest of season rankings up on the site. It's our final rest of season rankings of the year at rosrankings.com. So you can go over there if you're if by some chance your trade deadline has not yet passed. Uh, that that could be helpful there, but it's also useful for waiver pickups, which are still going to be a thing. Um, you know, of course, waivers uh, have already happened this week in most leagues too. But um, there's still guys out on the waiver wire, especially with a lot of injury news and things like that. Um, so you might just see someone that's ranked higher than you were expecting on there and decide, hey, this guy could be worth a pickup over uh, someone else that's a lot further down those rankings. So still something to work uh, to check out for sure at rrsrankings.com. Uh, but let's uh, let's jump into it. And thankfully, we get to skip the Steelers and Patriots game. Um, I don't have a lot uh, riding on that game, uh, really, other than uh, I do have Deontay Johnson going in our dynasty league so i hope he can at least catch five or six passes i'm not (laughs) expecting miracles here uh this game has a ridiculously low over under um so uh you know it's a good one to be recording during i think yeah i don't i don't know if the over under got below 30 but it was it was trending that way and yeah i I was setting all my lineups before the before kickoff updating my rankings last minute and all that kind of good stuff you know Devontae parker was inactive i mean it was just like oh my gosh you know, Ramondre's out, so it's Zeke on one side, and then on the other side, like you said, you got Deontay. I'm starting Pat Fryermuth in one league. Otherwise, like I think I have Pittsburgh defense in a league, but most leagues I don't have any of either of these teams, which is a good thing. Well, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> that probably uh, means you're more likely to be making the playoffs than if you were heavily <laughs> invested. I I am missing Ramondre in in my keeper league. That one hurt. Um, yeah, I I decided not to start Fryermuth in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, mm. I I just have a lot of other potential options. I've got Aaron Jones I'm waiting on. I've got um, Brevin uh, Jordan, who could be an interesting play if Schultz is out. So I just decided to wait on it. I have Damian Pierce, um, T- Tyler Conklin, a lot of different options for one spot. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to uh, going to pass on Fryermuth. <laughs> I think that's probably a good call. The, the league where I'm I'm starting Fryermuth. Uh, I had Kyle Pitts. I dropped him for Fryermuth. Uh, of course, this week I'm ranking Pitts a couple spots higher. Pitts, you know, was 
actually decent last week. Um, you know, led the receivers for the Falcons for whatever that's worth. But um, Farmuth I have is my tight end thirteen this week, so he was sort of on that borderline. And I just he's kind of what I had because I have Trey McBride on a, on a bye week. So, but we'll get into all those other teams. Absolutely. So let's let's jump into it, uh, and we'll start with the Falcons versus the Buccaneers. And this on paper should be a good matchup for Desmond Ritter, but. Uh, obviously, you're not starting Desmond Ritter in a, a single QB league. He's not. He hasn't really been on the streaming radar all season. He lost the job uh, for a few weeks at one point to Taylor Heineke. He's got it back now. It is a good matchup, but even in super flex leagues, I feel like he's kind of like a low end quarterback too. Is that about how you have him ranked? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's my QB twenty two. Uh, he hasn't been better. I mean, he hasn't been better than QB twenty in over a month. Uh, and like he's had a couple top 10 finishes, but that was week five and week six. So it's been, it's been a while. Like you said, this could be an okay matchup, um, against Tampa, but like, yeah, even in our dynasty Superflex league, you know, I have Gino Smith, Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter's the odd man out. You know, Gino put up a good game last week with throwing the, the ball to DK Metcalf a ton. So I'm, I'm even starting DK against the 49ers, which is a tough matchup over Desmond Ritter there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I mean, as far as the Falcons go, you know, the Buccaneers are are a pass funnel defense, but the the Falcons are a run first offense. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those situations where it I, I don't know if it's strength against strength or if it's weakness against weakness. But um, I'm not like I'm not looking to start Falcons <laughs> if I can avoid it. I mean, Bijan is obviously the one guy who you're you're constantly going to and on this roster, and even against a tough uh Buccaneers front seven I'd, I'd still say he's a uh, a top 10 fantasy running back yeah he is for me and and as far as the running backs like Tyler Algier I had the note here because his his snaps since their week 11 bye have been really trending down uh you know he only had 11 snaps last week Bijan has really been getting more and more work since the bye so yeah you're starting Bijan but Algier is someone who we were talking about earlier in the year and for the last month uh haven't been able to recommend him even as a flex play yeah, although the interesting thing is it, his loss in snaps has not really benefited Bijan that much. It's actually Cordero Patterson who has yep. seen his snaps rise up into the 30% range in their last three games. So uh, Cordero Patterson is actually playing more than Tyler Algier right now, uh, and Bijan is sort of sticking in that maybe 70% snap share, maybe 75 on a good day. Yeah, and I mean on the Buck side – you know, I don't have a I don't have a note here other than just like you know Mike Evans, man. Like we talk about him week after week, uh, he's he's over a thousand yards again. Uh, he's done it every year of his career. So every everyone has been talking about Hall of Famer Mike Evans, and it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's doing it again this time with Baker Mayfield. You know, he did it with old Tom Brady. He does it with anyone. So um, yeah, you're starting Mike Evans. You're starting Rashad White, and um, that's about it. I mean, like Chris Godwin hasn't really been startable this year. Unfortunately, he's a good player, but. He just hasn't looked looked the same uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've talked about it many times on this show. I the, the Buccaneers are sort of my team this year. I've invested heavily in this team, um, and thankfully, Chris Godwin is the one guy that I have not invested in. So I've got uh, Mike Evans is probably the player I've got the most on uh, across my teams, other than maybe Travis Kelsey and uh, Rashad White is up there as well. I've got him in like half my leagues. So. Uh, very happy with the production I'm getting out of those guys. Baker Mayfield as well. It's a guy I've gotten multiple leagues um, in those super flex leagues. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm rolling with Baker over a guy like Geno Smith this week. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Evans and Rashad White at this point are basically both top 10 options at their positions. Yep. 
you know, Anything Godwin. The Bucks? Well, I just want to say Godwin. You know, there, um, Dave Canales, the uh, offensive coordinator there, was talking about trying to get more creative ways to get the ball to Godwin. And I, I saw something else that uh, I believe Godwin's wife was complaining about his lack of usage on on Twitter. And so it's <laughs> getting a little ugly there. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll try to get him the ball a little bit more, but realistically, like at at whose expense? You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna take the the opportunities away from Mike Evans, and they're not gonna take him away from Rashad White. And right, um, this is just a team that, you know, they're, they're not one of the the elite offenses in the league, so they're probably not going to be running uh, a million plays in a game or anything like that. So it's it you know, I think you need to keep your expectations in check. Godwin, to me, at this point is is barely there as a wide receiver three flex option. Yeah, and even for me, like Kate Otten dropped a little bit off of that, you know, borderline uh, starting tight end after I think I think he had a zero last year. I was just looking at him last week, yeah. Or what yeah, what I, yeah. Did last I say last year? year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> last week against Carolina. Nothing. So it's I mean, hopefully that was just an anomaly. You know, like hopefully he gets back involved a little bit, but you're right. Like it's Mike Evans, it's Rashad White and it's kinda hard to start these other guys. Yeah, I mean Otten is like a the two tight end, I think he's a, a solid like tight end two, but he's not really a, a top twelve guy, and he's not really yeah. in consideration for that. I mean his he's his route participation is extremely high. It's one of the highest of any tight end in football, but uh, realistically, you know you're you're looking for like four catches from him, and that's like about about the max of what you're going to get four or five catches. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Ravens versus the Rams. Uh, and where do you want to start with that discussion? Well, I mean, I mentioned the weather at the top of the show, and I just this is one this could be like the nastiest one of the week. So I tweeted something out the other day, just kind of pointing out some of these weather games. Uh, if you look at Roto Grinders, they have a weather page, which is really helpful. It kind of shows like if it, if it's in the orange or the red. You know, this is one that's in the orange, um, and it you know it's good. There's going to be a lot of rain, but it's really the wind where you could have 20 mile an hour wind, you could have 30 mile, mile an hour gusts. So we could see a lot of running in this game, and that's you know that's good for Kyron Williams, whose workload was huge last week. Uh, Royce Freeman was just pretty much just like non-existent after the week before, where he got some work. And then you know the Gus Bus, uh, you know Keaton Mitchell. Ke- I think Keaton Mitchell could get a little bit hurt in this game, uh, just if it's really nasty out, you know, like because he's really explosive, making quick cuts and stuff. So like if he if he can't get his footing, I feel like someone like Gus Edwards, you know, I'm going to be ranking Gus Edwards ahead of Keaton Mitchell until I see that that change but also in this matchup even though he might get some touches I just think it could be really nasty weather and Keaton Mitchell might have a hard time getting moving yeah I mean I have them ranked pretty close together um, but I do have Edwards ahead and I mean I think one thing in addition to the weather that works in Edwards favor is the fact that the Ravens are seven and a half point favorites in this game Mm -hmm. so um, you know just the fact that they are those big favorites and you know they also have the sixth highest uh, projected point total of the week so I think there's a pretty good chance Gus Edwards gets into the end zone and he's the kind of back that can sort of grind it uh, out the clock in the second half of games as well that big bruising type of running back so this does shape up as a Gus Edwards game to me um, as far as the weather concerns you mentioned I mean are, who are there players that you're shying away from starting in this game because of that I you know I know Another aspect here is, of course, that uh, Lamar Jackson mispracticed today with an illness. Mm-hmm. Um, this seems to be something that comes up every year this time of year with Lamar Jackson. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's the, the the classic battle: Lamar Jackson versus his immune system. I think I saw someone <laughs> tweeting something like that. Um, Tis the season. Yeah, exactly. But um, 
you know, I, I don't know. I, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, Zay Flowers is a pretty low A dot kind of a receiver anyway. So I'm not really too worried about him. Um, but maybe this is uh, a reason to and, and, and uh, you know, I'm still playing Puka Nakua, I think, in most places, even though it's a tough matchup. Um, but maybe this is a, a reason to shy away from other pass catchers, including Cooper Cup and uh, Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman. Yeah, definitely like the Beckham and Bateman guys. Um, Flowers, your point. I mean, it's a good point. Like he he can he can catch it and go. But like a same thing. Like I was saying with Keaton Mitchell, it's like will will guys like Zay be able to kind of get out get out there in space and actually move it, uh, get it moving? So I have Zay as my wide receiver twenty eight. Uh, Cooper Cup just a little bit above him. Puka is my highest of those three you were talking about. I have Puka at wide receiver twenty. So I I think you've got to start Puka. Um, and, and yeah, depends on what kind of options you have, but yeah, like Zay, I have a little bit lower. Um, also like he's had like a couple good games and hasn't been great. So you might have some better options anyway. Like if, if it's a tiebreaker for me, you know, if I'm looking at a Zay flowers versus like, uh, I don't know for me, like a Romeo Dobbs who's playing at, uh, the giants, uh, you know, or J- uh, Jalen Reed, like, uh, I might Jaden Reed, I might, might pick one of the Packers wide receivers. Yeah, but which Packers wide receiver? That's always the problem, right? <laughs> Figuring out which one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I guess I, I can see that. I mean, I don't have those guys that much lower. Um, I have Zay Flowers at wide receiver 22, Puka at 23. So okay. I think both of those guys are, I'm going to start more often than not. Uh, Cooper Cup I've done at wide receiver 31. It just hasn't been happening really for Cooper Cup. Um, and he just doesn't look quite like vintage Cooper Cup this season. Um, and he's getting a lot fewer first look reads from Matthew Stafford. I feel like there's already sort of been a passing of the torch to Puka Nakua in that regard. Like he's the one that's, that's the, the first read on more passing plays for Matthew Stafford than, than Cooper cup is, which is something I really didn't expect to happen. I love Puka Nakua and he was amazing at the beginning of the season. But uh, when, when cup came back and looked great those first couple of weeks, I, I thought it was going to revert back to him being the clear alpha dog, but um, that's not the way it's worked out. So you mentioned Matthew Stafford. I, you know, I've downgraded him in this matchup. He's my QB twenty. But you look ahead to next week. They're at home to Washington, which is like one of the best matchups you can get. So, you know, as you're preparing for the fantasy playoffs, maybe you're locked in and you don't even need to win this week. Maybe you want to stash Matthew Stafford if you've been, you know, streaming quarterbacks. Uh, maybe you've got like we talked about Tua. How Tua has really tough matchups upcoming in the fantasy playoffs. Like I'll probably be ranking a guy like Stafford even over Tua uh, next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been big on Stafford all season, and I think I've been well above consensus in our rest-of-season rankings on him. And mostly that's just because I've been expecting positive touchdown regression. I mean, he only threw for multiple touchdowns once uh, through Week 11, uh, mm-hmm. but then the last two weeks, seven touchdowns. <laughs> you know, yeah. So like it was going to happen at some point, and it has happened these last two games. Now, at Baltimore in a rainstorm, you're right. That might have, <laughs> that might not continue this week, but against Washington at home, yeah, giddy up for that one. Like I think he'll definitely be a top 12 option and maybe top 10. Yeah, and I know I did say Keaton Mitchell is like tough to play this week, but again, looking at fantasy playoffs, like they get they go at Jacksonville in week 15, and depending on how this game goes, like he's someone I would definitely want to roster, and his his Yahoo rostership dipped almost to 50%. So he's out there in some leagues. So I'm not saying like don't have don't roster him i'm just saying this week might be tough to play him but i mean next week you know playing in jacksonville maybe you'll get like a you know 70 degree evening and just a fast faster track and keaton mitchell might might be good to go then 
Yeah, and I don't even hate playing him this week, honestly. Like like you said, I think it could be a pretty run-heavy game script, and mm-hmm. he's the kind of player that it really just takes one or two big plays, especially in sloppy conditions. Like, you could have defenders slipping over themselves, and he just takes one <laughs> to the house, you know? Uh, his yeah. snap count has gone up four straight weeks. So, this you know, this week could be a week where he gets close to 50% of the snaps. All right. All right. Next game up is the Bears and the Lions, and uh, Justin Fields did not not look too great in the last game before the bye, but this shapes up as a potential blow-up spot for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Fields, I have him as a top-ten quarterback this week. Uh, you know, against against the Lions, this is, a, this is a nice matchup. He was the number eight uh, quarterback in Week 11 at Detroit. Now, this one's at home. Again, maybe the weather might not be as good. Definitely not as good as it will would have been uh, you know, indoors <laughs> against Detroit when he paid, played him like three weeks ago. But, yeah, I'd be firing up Justin Fields. I think he'll do a lot with his legs. And the running backs for the Bears, I don't know. Like, it'll probably be Roshan, uh, you know, maybe coming out of the bye. He, he, got, he got more work uh, before the bye. But, of course, Dante Foreman was inactive. So, if all three guys are active, I mean, you can't really start any of them, right? I'm not looking to, no. Um I, I I do have Roshan ranked highest of the three uh, at RB34. So depending how deep your league is, I guess you could consider it. Um, I sort of think Foreman is going to be the primary early down guy, but in a, in a game like this against Detroit, it seems like they might have to go pass happy in this, you know, in the second half of this game. So yeah, um, maybe, maybe Roshan is the guy who ends up getting the most snaps for that reason um, as the, hurry up offense running back but yeah hopefully uh you have uh, more certainty in your in your fantasy backfield so do you have fields ranked ahead of uh golf this week because you know golf definitely plays better at home uh maybe not as well on the road and in some weather which obviously in chicago he'll have some weather yeah i've got fields at qb8 and i've got golf at qb11 so uh, yeah. both of them are top 12 for me this week um if the weather thing looks like it's going to be a real problem, I would probably downgrade Goff more than Fields, though. So uh, Fields seems pretty likely to stick at, at eight for me. Okay. And then, yeah, as far as other lines, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Obviously, you're starting. Uh, I mean, he could have a huge game uh, against Chicago. You can you can pass on them better than you can run. But you're starting the running backs, too. I mean, if you look at uh, David Montgomery last week, I think he outsnapped. Jameer Gibbs, I'm just pulling it up. Like, you know, they were able to get out to a big lead. I think they were up 21 nothing uh, last week. So, you know, he got more involved. And we talked about this, like, the last couple weeks. You know, you might have some Gibbs games. You might have some Montgomery games. But if the Lions are up early, I would expect a little bit more Montgomery. But, you know, if you if you have either or both of these guys, you can start them. Yeah, though, interestingly, um, they used Montgomery more on in third down situations last week, which was hmm. surprising. So That is. I don't know. I, this backfield is very uh, hard to figure out right now, I think, because honestly, I do think both of these guys can do both things. Like they, or, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're both well-rounded running backs that can pretty much do whatever they're called upon to do. Um, so maybe it's like a situation where they're really just switching off drives and, it, you know, it's a hot hand kind of a situation later in the game in terms of who gets more playing time. Uh, I do tentatively uh, – expect Montgomery to get a few more touches than Gibbs. Um, But it's, yeah, I mean, it's very hard to say. I mean, week 12, it was 71% of the snaps for Gibbs, 27% for Montgomery. And then last week, 62% for Montgomery, 45 for Gibbs. So it's all over the place right now. 
Um, you know, early in the season, it was a lot more predictable. Um, but the bottom line, like you said, they're, they're both guys you're starting if you've got them. I mean, they're both RB2s for me. Yep, both RB2s for me too. So you're likely playing them. Um, I have them at yeah, 18 and 20 this week. Yep. Um, anything else on this game or you want to move on? Uh, I don't have anything else on this game. All right. Bengals versus the Colts. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Jake Browning played really well last week. and He um, did. You know, I, he was a guy I already was a little bit in on just because I thought he didn't look overwhelmed uh, when he first uh, stepped in for Burrow. And he's also had some sneaky rushing value. Um, the, the kind of, you know, much like Josh Dobbs, like they're not run first quarterbacks, but they can give you a little bit of that, um, that helps them sneak their way up the, the, the QB rankings each week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the Colts defense has actually been really good, um, for fantasy. And I, so I, I don't, I don't hate playing the Colts defense either, um, right. in this game. I've got them as a top 10 option, but, uh, in Superflex, I'm starting Jake Browning over Geno Smith this week. Oh, okay. That's uh, it's interesting. I I don't have it that way, but I I don't think, but I have it very close. Now I'm pulling it up. Like maybe I do. Um, yeah, I do have I have Browning at 17 and Gino at 18. So <laughs> I got yep. I got Browning at 17 and Gino at 20. So yeah, yeah. So it's 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 definitely a conversation. Gino has a, a tougher matchup. Um, Indy's been good. They've been very opportunistic. Uh, kind of like we were talking about with the the Lions earlier in the season. Uh, and they've kind of turned out maybe not to be such a great defense. <laughs> um, but you know. Defense, it's it can all it can be all about like look at the Cowboys. I mean that, that one guy has five pick sixes on the year, um, so like it, you know you get you get Land. plays like that, you're going to be a great defense for fantasy. Yeah, although now, now everyone's dropping the Cowboys defense with their schedule the rest of the way. I, I um, know, yeah, but yeah, I mean I I think in this game you know Gardner Minshew and Jake Browning are similar. I mean they're both solid QB two options in super flex leagues. Um, the alpha receivers on both these teams are must start players. Even even though you know Jamar Chase took a hit when uh, Joe Burrow went down, he's too good to you know ever even consider sitting as he proved last week when he dealt me a crushing blow in one of my leagues uh, mm-hmm. with that that touchdown catch. Um, and then Michael Pittman has been just a monster lately. I mean, he is a guy that's a, a big riser for me in the rest of season mm-hmm. rankings, and um, you know I've got him as a top ten uh, wide receiver this week as well. I do too. Like this is what I thought Michael Pittman was going to do last year. I don't know if you recall, but I was big on Michael Pittman last year. Yep. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out that well with uh, I guess was it Matt Ryan? <laughs> but now with I mean, Minshew, it didn't even work out that well in the first month and a half of this season either. It's really no. just been sort of uh, since the midpoint of the season that he's really yeah. um, started to take off statistically, and especially getting in the end zone more frequently. Yeah, and you mentioned Minshew. Like I have him at uh, QB fourteen this week. I actually picked him up in a league. And I'll be starting them, a league where I had Trevor Lawrence and also a league where people kind of hoard quarterbacks. I mean, you, you know, we get asked Twitter questions a lot. And someone asked me a question today about a quarterback saying, like, people in this league have two, three quarterbacks. And I'm in a league like that, too. So you never know. Like, I mean, I'm fine with people hoarding quarterbacks because that just means more of these other guys for me throughout the season and I can do better. But then when I get a Trevor Lawrence injury, I'm like, 
whoops, <laughs> now I'm starting Gardner Minshew this week. Um, and I'm the quarterback order because I have Kyler Murray on a bye and I'm waiting on him to come back next week. So I'm going to have three quarterbacks in one league for a week. <laughs> oh, I've had four quarterbacks on my <laughs> roster um, in Superflex. I mean, this is not Superflex. Yeah. This is a standard league. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, I know there's times where it makes sense to do that, especially as we get later in the season, too, and you're just your priority is making sure that you're going to have a good option every week going forward. And sometimes that requires uh, doing some unusual roster uh, gymnastics. Um, how about the running backs? I mean, Zach Moss, yeah. uh, he got great usage last week. He didn't, he didn't deliver in the uh, box score, but I'm definitely going back to him as a high end RB one this week against Cincinnati. Oh yeah. I've seen people ranking him like RB three, RB four. That's where I, I have him RB. Where do you have him? I have him RB3. Yeah, so like I, I don't have him that high. I have him RB11. But yeah, like he played all but four snaps last week. Um, and Joe Mixon, you know, he's got he's getting a, a good workload too. But, you know, hold or watch Chase Brown um, because he's, you know, he, he, looked, he looked like Keaton Mitchell back there, you know, getting a little bit of run. You had a rookie just come out there. I mean, when he touched the ball uh, against the Jags on Monday Night Football, he looked good. You know, he had 11 snaps and they gave him some touches and they've said they're going to get him more involved. So, we could see down the stretch, like depending on what happens with the Bengals. I mean, they're still in the playoff mix right now, but if they lose a couple games, like I mean, the Colts could definitely win this game. Um, if the Bengals lose a couple games, we could see more of Chase Brown in the fantasy playoffs. That could impact Mixon, but I'm definitely starting Mixon for now. Yeah, I mean, Chase Brown got nine carries last week, but he only played 15% of the snaps. Um, and uh, I think this is a really favorable matchup for Mixon. Um, he's really just been coming on strong lately too so um you know i've got mixing pretty high in my rankings this week i've got him at rb7 well uh, i've yeah. got him at 13 so you have both yeah. of these guys higher than me but i mean yeah you're right the usage is there like you're, you're starting both of these guys yeah and this should be a close game too so i think it's a game where both teams are going to be able to stick with the run and not have to abandon it yep uh all right Next up, we've got the Browns and the Jaguars, and uh, we've got a lot of question marks here. We don't really know who's <laughs> starting a quarterback for either team as of now. I'd be pretty shocked if Joe Flacco is not starting for the Browns after how he looked, even though they lost the game to the Rams last week. He played pretty darn well for a guy who was you know thrown to his kids in the backyard like two weeks ago. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and who's 38 years old, by the way, like, I mean, Joe Flacco can still sling it. And, um, you know, I would love it if Amari Cooper could play in this game. It's looking likely that he's going to sit out because he's got a concussion. And, uh, you know, most of the time, guys that suffer a concussion miss the next game. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's good for Elijah Moore, who was a big waiver wire target this week. I have more Elijah Moore as my wide receiver 30 this week. Uh, I mean, this could be, again, Cleveland could be some bad weather as well but if Flacco's you know throwing it deep to Elijah Moore I think he's he's definitely flex worthy like he's he's right there with guys like Zay Flowers and those Packer receivers he's he's right after them and ahead of guys like T Higgins who we didn't really mention uh you know with the Bengals wide receivers like yeah you can trust Jamar Chase but kind of tough to trust T Higgins just yet yeah I'm I'm gonna start him in one league I think but it's like I've already got a buy locked up so I don't really care (laughs) yeah um just get him some reps yeah exactly get get (laughs) get him uh get him that comfortable and ready to roll for the the games that really matter um Elijah Moore I've actually got him at wide receiver 34 this week and that's with Amari Cooper in my rankings so okay uh, if Cooper is ruled out 
Uh, I'm going to move more up pretty aggressively. I mean, I will keep an eye on that weather uh, situation, but I would probably tentatively put him right on the cusp of my top 24 wide receivers. Uh, you know, I think uh, um, even if Cooper does play, uh, Joe Flacco is really good news for Elijah Moore because Joe Flacco is not afraid to throw the deep ball. And that's something that really has not been a part of this Cleveland offense the entire season. And that's Elijah Moore's game. And, and he and Flacco have a good relationship off the field. They have a connection going back to their time with the Jets. So um, his error is definitely pointing up for me. Yeah, well, um, you know, we talked about the Browns a little bit. They're, we, we, we talked about the Bengals being in the AFC playoff mix. I mean, the Browns are still in the mix, too, even though they have all these quarterback question marks and Amari Cooper concussion, like you said. But on the other side of the ball, we had Christian Kirk had the groin injury or whatever kind of injury uh, it was. On his first catch on Monday Not Night suitable to mention it. Uh, this is yeah. a child-friendly podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't get into the details, but he got he had a boo boo on the first play of the, uh, or his first play of the game, and uh, yeah, unfortunate. And then you, and you had Trevor Lawrence uh, injure his ankle later in the game. So man, on the other side, you got C.J. Beathard, and you know you got Zay Jones as a, as a back in the starting lineup, or you know it's Parker Washington was a waiver wire deep ad. So. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of tough out there because Calvin Ridley, you know, we've talked about him before. It's been tough to rank him. He's only really played well when it's been him, Zay, and Christian Kirk. And now without his quarterback, it's going to be hard to like play Ridley. I, I have Ridley pretty low too. Well, I I'm not sure he's going to be without his quarterback. I I mean, the thing is, like, yes, Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a high ankle sprain, but um, from all reports, it's not a super severe high ankle sprain, and that's an injury that's just different for a quarterback than it is I mean most of the time we're talking about wide receivers and running backs with these high ankle sprains and that's a that's like a deal breaker for those guys like they need that explosiveness to play yeah Uh, a quarterback doesn't necessarily I mean that is a nice aspect of Trevor Lawrence's game that he can uh, provide some rushing uh, ability both in terms of helping the Jaguars win games and also for fantasy Um, he's gotten in the end zone on the ground I believe three games in a row yeah but so from a fantasy perspective, if he doesn't play or if he doesn't run as much, it's, it makes him a less appealing fantasy option. But um, it would certainly be good news for their pass catchers if he's able to gut it out and play. And I, um, I'm just reading the tea leaves. It sounds like that's a very real possibility right now. Man, I mean, I guess it would be better than C.J. Beathard. But if Beathard's healthy and Lawrence well, Beathard's I mean- not totally healthy either, though. That's true. <laughs> He's His been on shoulder. the injury report this week, so like, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. It's it's not. I mean, it's just not a great situation, honestly. I mean, the Browns are a good defense, especially against the pass. If everyone's healthy, you know, Denzel Ward and company. I think Ward played last week, right? So no, Ward didn't play last week, and oh. and also um, Garrett uh, Miles Garrett uh, was way less than 100 percent too. So he was actually getting subbed out a lot last week too. So the Browns defense has struggled lately. I mean, they. They're a really great unit, like you said, when everyone's healthy, but that's yeah. not been the case recently. So um, that's the, that's something that's worth keeping an eye on as well. I mean, I'm not rushing to play Jaguars really regardless because of how beat up they are, but, um, you know, it certainly might not be as daunting a matchup as it, as it would look on paper. Okay, so a lot of injuries and weather to keep an eye on the next couple of days for that one. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you about Ridley. I mean, the, the thing is, like, in my rest of season rankings too, I was thinking like, how high should I move Ridley based on Kirk being out? And I was like, I'm not really moving him up very much. Like I just, I don't think Ridley does 
super well as the um, as the the focus of of the offense. You know, I think he's better as a complementary piece who can um, splash for some big plays, uh, but not be counted on as like a target hog. You know, so yeah, um, I don't. You know, I I think Zay Jones was probably the biggest beneficiary uh, fantasy wise uh, of of the Kirk injury, but uh, Parker Washington is also a guy we definitely need to keep an eye on because he stepped in and played well last week and um yeah i mean this is a team that likes to go three wide a lot yeah as far as the rest of the season on ridley we have him like around guys like deontay johnson and rishi rice deandre hopkins amari cooper who, who we were just talking about so not a lot of like super interesting names and guys who were kind of borderline wide receiver twos yeah i think that's right yeah uh all right so next up we have the saints and the panthers uh Saints also dealing with a quarterback injury. Um, your, your note says Carr likely out this week. Uh, is he? I mean, I, I don't know. I, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was going to miss a bunch of games this season, and he hasn't. Yeah. Um, if, if he actually has suffered two concussions this season, though, that seems like a that seems like a serious concern. I mean, like they, I would think so. They need to they need to prioritize his well being first and foremost. I think. Yeah, and I mean, if we can get some Jameis, I mean, we we talk about Jameis here and there. I know you have him in Dynasty. I actually picked him up in Scott Fishbowl a week ago just with how banged up Derek Carr had been getting. And so if if we get Jameis this week, um, I think I'm probably going to start Jameis over guys like Bryce Young. This is super flex, right? You know, Bryce Young, Tommy DeVito, who I have as well. So um, it's close because I think that, like, we'll see a lot of Taysom Hill too, I would think. I mean, we already do see a lot of Taysom Hill. But with Jameis in, I think we could see maybe even more um, but yeah, like healthy Olave with Jameis. Um, maybe we get Rashid Shahid, but I don't think Shahid's going to be quite ready based on what uh, Dennis Allen's saying. Oh, is that right? I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not it, sure. it just it just kind of sound. I, I was I saw a clip on the Coach Speak Index earlier that just kind of made me think. Well, it doesn't. I'd have to pull it up. And and then they also said he's Allen is like sixty percent reliable on whatever algorithm the Coach Speak Index guy uses. So I'm kind of like, eh, I'm kind of ha- I'm kind of iffy on Rashid Rashid Shahid this week. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I mean the Panthers are actually a run funnel defense too. Like they're not. Yep. They're not great to pass against. Um, but I you know anytime Jameis Winston is getting a start, I think he, regardless of opponent, is a QB two in fantasy because. He's just not afraid to sling it, you know. And Absolutely. Unless you, unless your league has really heavy penalties for interceptions, like <laughs> I mean, in most fantasy leagues, like you'll take two interceptions if you get three touchdowns, you know. Oh um, yeah. So I, you know, I think uh, I have Jameis a QB nineteen tentatively right now. So yeah, that's about I mean, what I'm looking at with him. Jameis won me a fantasy championship, and I will never forget that when he was with Tampa. I, mean, I he love would, Jameis, he would... man. I also think like, <laughs> I, you know, I know he's throwing a lot of picks, but. Um, I, I think he can get that more under control too. I, I mean, it's, you know, people always point back to that 30 touchdown, 30 interception season, but like Bruce Arians was egging him on that year. He didn't care. He's yeah. like, just, if he's like, just throw it up there. You know, like he wasn't, ta- <laughs> he wasn't like prioritizing Jameis taking care of the football in that se- particular season. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I think, I mean, Jameis is still going to throw some picks, but I, I do actually think he would be better for the Saints in terms of uh, them trying to win football games than Derek. I mean, Derek Carr has just really been uh, very disappointing for this team, and they should have kind of known that was going to be the case, to be honest. Yeah. So on the Panther side, like I said, I'm starting Jameis over Bryce Young and Superflex if if Jameis gets to start. Uh, the only person I think you can really consider is Chuba Hubbard. 
who I have just outside of my top 24 running backs and half PPR. But I've seen some people, I don't know where you have them, but uh, I've seen a lot of people have him, you know, kind of top 20-ish range. So he's he's yeah. borderline running back two for sure based yeah, on the volume he's getting. Yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of volume. I think he scored a couple times last week. So I think you can definitely flex him for sure, if not plug him into your RB2 slot. Yeah, I mean uh, – it's hard to find running backs that are likely to see as many touches as Chuba Hubbard is getting yeah. uh, week in and week out. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely an RB2, uh, even in a less than ideal matchup, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the wide receiver situation with um, with the Panthers, it's, you know, Adam Thielen is just not really startable anymore at this point, I think. I've got him at wide receiver 41, one spot behind his teammate. <laughs> Jonathan Mingo, who yeah. seems to be coming on. And, uh, you know, we often see it with rookies that they uh, their best games are down the stretch. So uh, I, I think we could be seeing a passing of the torch here as well. Yep. Rest of the season, I have Thielen overall 115, Mingo 118. And if we were doing another ranking, you know, this is my best guess, right? You know, we're not going to do any more of the rest of the season, like you said, at the top of the show. But I could easily move Mingo 20, 30 spots ahead of Thielen because they're both trending in opposite directions. Yeah, I mean, we're basically one one more game away from uh, me putting Mingo ahead of Thielen. I've got I've got him about yep. 25 spots behind Thielen right now, but it's awfully close. All right. All right. Next up, we've got the Jets and the Texans. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, the Jets are a brutal matchup for passing games, so, like, uh, I'm I'm kind of fading C.J. Stroud this week, and it pains me because I mean he's yeah. been he's been a revelation this whole season. Like if you if you're you know on the cusp of the playoffs because of C.J. Stroud, it's really hard to bench him. But I mean he lost Tank Dell, who was like his guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean Nico Collins has been great too, but um, I mean Tank Dell was the guy that Stroud just you know recruited to this team, and they just had this magical connection with each other. And that's just a huge loss for Stroud, I feel like, especially going up against a Jets team that uh, is just stifling to receivers. I mean, they're going to be giving a lot of attention to uh, Nico Collins in this game. So, I, you know, I think it's Stroud's going to have to be looking to other options. He's going to have to be looking to guys out of the slot, tight ends, things like that. And, uh, yeah, so I've got Stroud at QB 14 this week. I Like, I could see starting some guys over him that uh, I wouldn't have thought of doing before, like a Jordan Love or mm-hmm. even a Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. So that's a name that I, I, I didn't move Josh Dobbs ahead of him. And really, it's it, for me with Dobbs, it's kind of about the situation of, like, does he really have a stranglehold on that job? Because he had that bad game before the bye. I do worry a little bit about, it, like, an early hook, potentially, for Dobbs. I, I don't know. You know, it's more, it's more just in the back of my mind. Like, would they go to Nick Mullins if he's even active and healthy on game day? So that, that's the only my, my only worry there, but yeah, you're right. Jordan Love, we've talked about him. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, you, you probably I assume you probably have him ahead of C.J. Stroud as well. I got him week. one spot ahead. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like if you have Jordan Love or, or Russell Wilson, so maybe you've picked them up off the waiver wire, depending on your league. I would start them above Stroud, but then for me, it, it's tough. He's my Q, Stroud's my QB twelve. I agree with you, you know, about the Jets. I've lowered him to to this point, but it's like. I hope he proves everybody wrong. You know, like, I hope he comes out and just like torches the Jets too, even without Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be awesome to see, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think QB twelve to fourteen range is right, and I think you need to consider starting some of these other guys ahead of him. Yeah, it's tough because I, I have to say, like, I this is how I have it ranked, and this is the advice I'll give to people. But like, if it was my team and and I had CJ Stroud and I had been 
uh, enjoying all these huge performances that he's been giving me to get me to where I am now, it'd be really hard for me to sit him. It really would. Like, to sit him for a Josh Dobbs would be a really hard thing to do. Or even for Jordan Love. I mean, it's, you know, those are tough decisions to make. I mean, if you've got somebody like Justin Fields or Justin Herbert, you know, it's easier. (laughs) But if if you're choosing a Jared Goff, you're choosing a Russell Wilson, a Jordan Love, Josh Dobbs, like these kind of guys, like I could see just, you know, going down with the ship (laughs) and just being like, you know what? Stroud's the guy that got me here. I'm going to stick with him. Well, keeping on the weather on this one too. This one is at the Jets. So this one could be a ton of rain. It could be 20 to 25 mile an hour wind. So that could help make your decision easier to bench Stroud if come Sunday it's starting to look really nasty there too. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a lot else to talk about here too. I mean, I, you know, the running back situation with the Texans is really murky again. Yep. Um, you know, the first week that Damian Pierce came back, he barely played, and it was still clearly Devin Singletary's backfield. And then last week, that kind of flipped on its head, and yep. Pierce went back to getting the kind of usage that um, he had coming in, you know, at the beginning of the season when he was the he was the 1A, and, and you know, or he was the 1, and, and Singletary was the 1A, or however you want to put it. Like, right, right. Pierce was first, you know. Um and now it seems like it could be going back that way. I mean, Singletary did still play a few more snaps than Pierce, but Pierce was like the primary ball carrier last week. And, um, you know, they continue to mix in a third back, too, as a pass, as like a third down back, which is a buzzkill because, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was Mike Boone for a long time. And then in week 12, Mike Boone was inactive, and it was just the two backs that were active. So that, like, boosted my confidence in those guys. But then last week it was Daria Gumbawale that got active and played 16% of the snaps as the third down back. So that's that just makes it dicier as well. Yeah, I I don't want to start either of these guys uh, this week. Uh, honestly, like I have them both outside, well outside of my, you know, RB2 area. I have them at like RB35, 36. So they're pretty far down for me, Pierce and Singletary. You know, Pierce, like you said, he had 15 carries for 41 yards. He did have a touchdown last week, so he finished as a top 20 running back. But, like, neither guy was was great. And so, I don't know. Like, this isn't a great matchup against the Jets either. It could be really low scoring. I, I'd kind of try to just avoid the situation if I can. Yeah, I would too, although I would say it's not nearly as bad a matchup for the running backs as it is for the pass catchers in that game. Yeah, um, agreed. You know, I do also want to say that Noah Brown is, like, this is not the best matchup, obviously, for him. So I, I wouldn't start him this week. But I think he is a great pickup this week. Um, yeah. Huge upside. I mean, he's uh, he's already had two absolutely massive games uh, this season where he went over 150 receiving yards. And I just think he's the guy that's going to step into the Tank Dell role. And I'm not saying you're going to get, like, a top 10 fantasy receiver from him. But I think, like... You know, he could give you like Gabe Davis kind of production rest of the season, which you would you would take that boom or bust when the yeah. boom is is that high. Absolutely, I was looking at like week nine and ten where he had over over 150 yards receiving in each game, and yeah, he's got a couple of good matchups down the stretch. So he's still 50 percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. No Brown is so yeah, definitely scoop him up. He's a tough play this week. Um, I mean, you might be able to flex him depending on your options, but yeah, moving forward, uh, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got him in my in the forties in my ranks this week just because of the matchup. But like, and and there is still a little bit of uncertainty in the usage. Like, I want to actually see it because they do have Robert Woods, they have John Mechie, uh, they have some other options. Um, Xavier uh, Hutchinson, uh, the uh, the rookie. Um, so like, 
you know, there's there's different ways they could go, but I think I think Noah Brown is the guy that's gonna gonna step up and uh, so take a wait and see approach this week, and then hopefully you can feel good about playing him down the stretch. Um, then on the Jets side, it's it's Zach Wilson again. <laughs> uh, yep. There were some weird reports about him like not wanting to be the starter anymore, which I don't <laughs> think was actually true. I don't know. No. Maybe it, like whatever. The point is, he is the starter now, <laughs> rest of season, and. You know, we've talked a lot on this show about how the Jets basically sabotaged their own season unnecessarily uh, this year by by sticking with Zach Wilson and not bringing in somebody else early in the year when they when they could have um, actually been a playoff team. Uh, that ship's probably sailed now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm basically just avoiding Jets. I mean, like Brees Hall is uh, he says he's going to play, but he's been on the injury report this week and just more more generally just hasn't been good for fantasy. <laughs> like uh, it's just such a bad situation for him. Um, and uh, Dalvin cook has been getting worked in more lately. And that's probably going to continue this week with, with hall banged up. So, um, you know, I've got Brees hall at, at RB 30 this week. And I like, I would be happy to start someone else if I have a decent option. I'm right there with you. I have him at RB 29. So yeah, you probably have some better options. I do think Garrett Wilson, though, like we've talked about him and Zach Wilson. They've definitely had the connection, the Wilson to Wilson. We've seen double-digit targets in a lot of Garrett Wilson's games with Zach. So, I don't know. Like, again, if it's super nasty weather, um, I might lower him a bit. But I'm going to be lowering a lot of other guys, too, if, like, the weather's really nasty on the East Coast. So, right now I have Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver 22. So, like, I would play play him, um, thinking he'll get 8 to 10 targets with Zach. So, I'm okay with that. I don't think this is a bad matchup with Houston. No, it's not. It's not a terrible matchup. Um, I've got him at wide receiver twenty-eight. So, like I, to me, he's more of a wide receiver three than a wide receiver two. But okay. I can see it. Uh, all right, uh, Raiders versus the Vikings. So we already talked about Josh Dobbs is getting another start for Minnesota here. Um, I, I agree with you, by the way, about the potential that Dobbs could get benched if he if he throws a couple picks or something like that in this game, yeah. and they could go to Nick Mullins. So. Like, I, you know, my rankings reflect that in the sense of um, I do have Nick Mullins as, like, one of my top-ranked backup quarterbacks this week. <laughs> Me too, Playing that yeah. sneaky game, you know. But, um, sure. but I would say that's not the likeliest scenario in this game. I mean, they're facing the Raiders. I believe in Josh Dobbs as a player. I think Kevin O'Connell does too, and that's why he went back to Josh Dobbs here. Um, so I think Dobbs is going to be successful, and that's why – um, you know, I've got him ranked as a top 12 quarterback this week because I, I really do think he's he's got a lot of upside in this matchup. Like maybe there's a little bit of risk, but I also think he's got top five upside in this matchup. Yeah, he does. Because like, like you said, he, he can do it with his legs too. We've seen that. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll see how the game goes. I have him as QB 16, so I'm not like that far behind you, but I, I do worry about the the situation, like you said, where he could throw a couple picks. But there's also the situation that he has the best wide receiver in football returning this week. So true, <laughs> uh, very true. You know, I think I guess that hasn't been officially confirmed yet, but um, all signs point to Justin Jefferson being back this week, and I think that's a huge boost um, for for Josh Jobs. It's a huge boost for this offense as a whole. Uh, it does make me sort of lean away from playing Jordan Addison, though. Uh, yeah, like you know, he had a nice run there. Um, but for me, Addison at this point is outside of wide receiver three territory. Yeah, me too. I've got Addison at wide receiver 41. So he's out that outside of that for me right now. I have Justin Jefferson ranked at wide receiver six, which is like, 
kind of crazy to just go ahead and rank him with a totally different quarterback. Like, if this was Kirk Cousins, I feel like this is where I should be ranking him. And with Dobbs, I'm like, in my brain, I feel like I should lower him a little bit. But with all these weather situations, you know, I've, I've lowered a lot of guys quite a bit. You know, even like, you know, Michael Pittman, we were talking about, like, I could see starting Michael Pittman over Justin Jefferson. But, again, it could be really nasty weather in Cincinnati. So, and I don't, I don't think there's going to be nasty weather in Las Vegas in the, you know, with no, no weather. So, that, that that's kind of a, again, kind of a tiebreaker for me with, with this week. I am going to be looking, watching the weather quite a bit. Yeah, I've got Jefferson right with you at six. Although now that I look at it, there is a there is a group of about five guys right behind him that I could easily justify moving him behind because my next five after him are Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, and Jamar Chase. And I yep. think you can make a case for any of those five ahead of him. I think after that, it gets a little tougher. I mean, he's he, we just know uh, if Justin Jefferson. Uh, had been healthy the whole season and if he had Kirk Cousins like he'd be right up there with Tyreek Hill and CeeDee Lamb at the at the very top so um you know I I, you look at Jamar Chase and how we've kind of downgraded him to like a low-end wide receiver one I feel like um you could you could make a case that we that's how we should treat Jefferson too but um I don't know I just I I guess I, I the matchup like you said the weather lack of weather concerns and um again the faith I still have in Dobbs uh keeps him up here for me all right, anything else with the Vikings? I mean, running backs, like, I guess you could start Madison, but I mean, these, these guys, I don't know, Ty, Ty Chandler, you're not you're not starting him with the usage he had before the, the buy-in, and Madison, to me, is, is kind of borderline. Yeah, I've got Madison at RB25 and Chandler at 33. So, I like, I think you could start, in a deeper league, you could start both of them. Um, okay. Like, it's a good matchup. So It is. Uh, you know, uh, the Vikings are uh, – favored by three points in this game even though they're on the road uh decent point total so yeah i i think they're both like usable but ideally you've got better options yeah i mean on the other side i've got josh jacobs as my running back three for the week i'm looking at our rest of season rankings and we we both moved josh jacobs into our top 12 overall we both have him at 11 so you know with antonio pierce basically saying like we're gonna give him a huge workload and you know this is matchup I don't think it really matters like Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball a ton and yeah I just that kind of workload I'd love to have Josh Jacobs and I have him in Scott Fishbowl that's the only uh, I think league I have him in so pretty happy about that yeah I mean Minnesota isn't a great matchup but like you said I mean he's going to get 20 plus touches in this game so I've got him at RB6 all right uh, Devontae Adams you're firing up Jacoby Myers I mean even Adams I've I've really kind of I don't know cooled on i mean yeah I, i've got him at wide receiver 21 this week so like yeah, I'm, he, yeah he, I'm, I'm playing him most likely but i'm not feeling super great about it i mean it's just uh it, it's been a long year <laughs> for Devonte <laughs> adams you know what i mean like uh, he's uh he's had a few good games here and there but if you look at his season as a whole um he's only had uh one game where he's been better than wide receiver 24 uh since way back in week four <laughs> so like that's rough. that's a lot of games where he's been you know in he's been wide receiver 35 wide receiver 49 wide receiver 132 68 49 like he's had a lot of disappointing games this season and i'm not sure aiden o'connell is uh really capable of of getting Devonte back into that wide receiver one uh territory 
Yeah. He, he, to me, he kind of reminds me of the wide receiver version of Austin Eckler. I mean, honestly, like Eckler has been very, very disappointing. You know, people yeah, drafted him Adams really might have more job security. We'll get to, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, next up, we've got the 49ers and the Seahawks. Uh, so I've already mentioned I'm, I'm benching Geno Smith in a couple leagues. Um, you know, it's, it's a little easier to pass on the 49ers than to run on them, but uh, that's not really saying much. <laughs> it's just hard to score points against the 49ers defense. And I know Geno had this huge game last week, but that kind of came out of nowhere, you know. So I, yeah. I, I don't really want to trust that to continue against uh, this 49ers defense. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm playing him in one league where I kind of have to. Uh, I do think he's got some better matchups coming up if you look forward to the fantasy playoffs. So if you can bench him this week, like if you have him, I think that he's got some better better matchups ahead. Definitely uh, interested to see what happens with the running backs for Seattle. I know again, this is the Niners is a tough matchup, um, but like Kenneth Walker could be back. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is dealing with an injury too, but neither guy practiced on Wednesday. But both guys practiced. I think they were both limited today. Both of them practiced today in some capacity. So. We'll have to see what the Friday injury report is to see if one or both of those guys are back. If not, like you could have like a one percent roster DJ Dallas, you know, if you're really in need this week to just like fire up a warm body, he could be the starting running back. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to be really desperate, but that can happen with all these injuries that have been going around. I mean, it. Here, here's my question, I guess. If one, I, I mean, if one of Walker or Charbonnet is active and the other is not. Mm-hmm. given the matchup and given the fact they're coming off injury i mean where are you realistically thinking you would rank them so right now i'm just guessing since it's thursday night i have i have walker ranked and charbonnet not ranked so i have walker at rb 30 right behind Brees hall and and above keaton mitchell so that's kind of the i mean so rb 30 in a tough matchup like you said coming back from injury that's it's tough i might move him a couple spots lower because it's 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 hard to start someone coming back in a tough matchup but if Charbon, I mean, if both guys are back, I'm not starting either, you know. But I think you could start one of them if the other is inactive. Yeah, I mean, I've got them both in my rankings tentatively right now, but I've got them at RB forty and forty one. So yep, that makes um, sense. Yeah, I mean, if one of them plays, I probably would even. Yeah, about about RB thirty makes sense because that's where I've got Brees Hall. So like, you <laughs> yeah, know, I think that would be uh, that would be probably a fair comparison. <laughs> Gosh, I hope you don't have to make that decision if you're listening. Brees yeah, Hall right. versus Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Walker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Something that sounds like a dream scenario early in the season, and now it's like... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Starting them both, baby. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. right. <laughs> um, you know, the wide receivers, too. I, you know, DK Metcalf went nuclear last week. Um, so, you're, you're, I think you're starting him. I mean, again, San Francisco against the pass has... They've given up some decent uh, games this season, so... Yeah, um, I've got him like wide receiver seventeen. I think that's all right. I, you know, hopefully you're not relying on Tyler Lockett, but he's like a low end wide receiver three, and and so is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Honestly, like those two guys are neck and neck in my rankings, like right on the the, the back end of the top top forty wide receivers. I'm right there with you. You're speaking the same language. That's exactly where I have all those uh, guys ranked. Um, as far as the Niners, like. I'm I'm really happy because I was uh, the guy in my guillotine league, which I'm still in, and my wife is still in, by the way, which is crazy. There's five teams left in this guillotine league, and my wife and I are both hanging in there. Uh, the team with Christian McCaffrey got chopped last week, so wow. I still had – yeah, I know. It's crazy. But I still had the most uh, fab left, and I think I had like 60 bucks left um, of like – I don't know what we started with, 200 or 300, whatever we did. 
Uh, but anyway, in any event, I was able to buy Christian McCaffrey. So I finally got him on my guillotine roster. I spent up one more dollar than the next person, and I still have enough to like get whoever is chopped next week if I last one more. Wow, man, that's that's amazing. <laughs> Building a super a, team. Talking about an impact late season addition. <laughs> the best player <laughs> yeah. in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, guillotine's fun, man. You got to do it next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm always up for more leagues. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we we talk about the 49ers. They're just uh, running on all cylinders right now, and um, it is likely that you know one of these guys is going to have a down game at some point. It's never McCaffrey, but. Um, you know, Ayuk and, and Kittle and Debo, like one of them is probably going to uh, be a little underwhelming in any given week, but you start them all because uh, underwhelming is still, I mean, Kittle was kind of the odd man out last week. He still had like 68 yards. Like it wasn't, yeah. it was hardly disastrous, you know? So um, those guys are all locked in. It's, it's just a really high performing offense and a pretty narrow uh, target uh, tree. So it's, it's a great situation for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I could see a situation where I mean, you can you can run a little easier on Seattle than than pass. So I could see a scenario where McCaffrey does it all. <laughs> you know, he could get three or four touchdowns, and you could see the the receivers not do well. But you can't. I mean, you, yeah, start them all. You have to. Exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we've got the Chiefs and the Bills. Man, <laughs> this is a big game, <laughs> especially yeah. for the Bills. It's kind of a must-win game for the Bills. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're coming off the bye, and their coach is in the news for a really bad analogy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Um, but, I mean, other than that, it's, it's are we going to, you know, we haven't heard anything about seeing Leonard Fournette or anything like that. So, no, uh, it's probably just more of the same with the Bills, and uh, that's fine for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing I tweeted today when I saw that Dawson Knox is back at practice running, I mean, he looks good. Like, I think he was a full participant. Um, I, if he's back, it does impact Kincaid a little bit. Because if you look at the six games where Knox was out, that's been Kincaid. You know, him coming on. I mean, that, that also could have happened with Dawson Knox playing, I suppose, but it didn't. You know, it happened with the injury. So there there is a little bit of correlation there. And I, I do think that the offense could look a little bit different with uh, knocks back so I, I lowered Kincaid to my tight end seven this week which you know you're still playing him but I do worry a little bit moving forward in the fantasy playoffs that Kincaid could be a little bit of a downer uh like moving like just in the fantasy playoffs when with with Knox coming back what do you think about that I'm not I'm not too worried about it um I have Kincaid at six so pretty similar to you for this week but um I mean let's you know like Dawson Knox was catching like two balls for 20 yards. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't like a huge part of their offense in terms of uh, reception. So um, I think if anything, that maybe they both play more, uh, they play more two tight end sets with Knox back and maybe it takes away from um, Khalil Shakur a little bit. Um, so I, you know, I, I still think uh, Kincaid is, he's just shown out too much and they need him uh, to make plays. So uh, I'm not, I'm not really, too worried there um i would also point out the chiefs defense uh has been pretty banged up and they they did not look good last week <laughs> so mm -mm. normally a trip to arrowhead is a really daunting matchup for an offense but um i i think that um the bill should hold up there under the bargain here in terms of a shootout i you know kansas city I, you never know <laughs> like they it, you're always expecting them to do a little bit better than they do i mean like they're just they're kind of a painful offense to watch, honestly. 
Yeah, I think that uh, I think both defenses uh, could struggle here. I mean, I, I've already been making it's Thursday, man. I've you know I've made some bets. Um, one of the ones that I like that I think will be fun because I'll probably sit down and watch this game is both teams to score twenty points, which was around minus one ten, minus one twenty. Uh, this both of these teams have top ten implied uh, you know totals for this week. You know, twenty three implied point total for the Bills, uh, twenty five for the Chiefs. So this has one of the highest over unders. So like I just I think this one could be a shootout, and we've seen it before. Um, so I, I think both teams to score 20 points uh, could be a good look this week. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I hope it's a shootout. I, you know, I think that would be a great, uh, that'd be like a really fun game to watch. Um, it's just, it's been, it's just been uh, like frustrating with the Chiefs. I mean, they, like, it has. they, I think Vegas is all like, they're always projecting them to score 30 points. And I feel like they're often going under what the, what the error implied point total is. Um, I'd have to look at the the facts on that to know exactly how often it's happened, but that's just my impression. Um, and of course the bills have had a lot of issues uh, offensively too, with turnovers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, like the, the main fantasy guys on these teams have, it's hard to call any of them big disappointments. You know I mean? Like I'd say Patrick Mahomes has been a mild disappointment. I'd say Stefan Diggs has been a mild disappointment. Um, I Travis Kelsey, you could even say, maybe has been a mild disappointment, yeah. uh, but, but not huge disappointments, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, these guys are all must start every week. And this, certainly as you're heading into the fantasy playoffs um, as well, uh, Rasheed Rice is trending up, but like, he's still, he's still like, not an every down player, you know, and I don't know yeah. why this team is so reluctant to make him an every down player, but until we actually see it happen, I don't think we can assume it's going to happen. So, um, you know, he's he's playing the most snaps of their receivers, but it's still like caps out at about 70% of the snaps. Uh, the other thing we didn't mention yet was Isaiah Pacheco dealing with it. I think it's shoulder injury. Um, yeah, it's shoulder contusion is what they were calling it. He hasn't practiced yet. So we're going into Friday, and he hasn't practiced yet. And what I saw on Twitter today, someone I follow was saying, hey, jump on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, anytime touchdown, which I did not. You know, I'm not – I didn't jump on it. Um, also, the lines – basically what happened was, like, the lines were moving quickly. You know, the news kind of came out about Pacheco, not at practice. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, anytime touchdown, basically just was the exact same odds now at most sports books as Pacheco. Uh, and it was like five to one or six to one and it went to even money. Mm. Um, so that just tells me they're like, okay, well, if Pacheco's out, you know, people are going to want to bet on Clyde, but it's McKinnon too, man. He could come back. Like we saw, like there was a quote about like saying like he's basically getting like workload management. Uh, so if McKinnon's back, maybe I'll be looking at him to an anytime touchdown in this game. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, d- I don't really have a great feel for how it would play out if Pacheco missed. I also, like a shoulder contusion doesn't sound like an injury that should cause him to miss a game either. I mean, that's a bruise, you know? So like that seems more like a pain tolerance kind of a thing. Um, So, and we know Pacheco is like, you know, scorched earth mentality. So that dude is going to play if he, if he possibly can. So um, I did scoop up Clyde Edwards Hilaire in Scott Fishbowl today. Uh, Nice. Why not? You know, just to see what happens, but um, like if McKinnon and Pacheco were both out, for example, I would I would fire up Ceh in that scenario. Oh yeah, um, but I mean because they're both on the injury report. I mean McKinnon is still on the injury report, so I don't think we can assume he's going to be back this week necessarily. But um, if he did, if McKinnon did play, I mean this in the past I would say 
is shapes up as the perfect kind of McKinnon game, like a, a, a yeah. shootout with another elite offense. Like that's the kind of games last season where McKinnon won some uh, matchups for people. So uh, it's something to keep in mind right now. It's, it's, it's really just a wait and see. Like I, in some of my leagues, um, these guys, McKinnon and CEH are on the waiver wire. And I just, I don't have the roster flexibility to, to invest there. Yeah. And I have right now I have Pacheco as my RB eight. So like, I'm assuming he's going to play, um, the same kind of thing burned me. I think I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but you remember like Rashad White like pick up a, picked up a late week injury, and then it was like, ooh, maybe Chase Edmonds is going to be the starter. Like like that would even matter. But it's similar kind of situation, right? Like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Chase Edmonds, uh, kind of similar. <laughs> that burned me because I had to drop my kicker to add Chase Edmonds while I was waiting to see, and then I couldn't pick my kicker back up. It was Matt Gay, and he ended up scoring like. 14 fantasy points or something oh. and then the pick kicker i picked up instead was matt prater and he scored zero. <laughs> oh no yeah it was brutal kickers. <laughs> yes kickers man uh hey i i'm in the top 10 in uh kicker and defense uh accuracy for the season now at, at fantasy press nice a little awesome. to my own horn there uh nice work <laughs> all right next game chargers versus the broncos uh so we were alluding to it before about austin eckler He's been really bad lately. Uh, three straight games where he has not even been a top 30 fantasy running back, despite getting a lot of usage. Um, he just has not looked the same since he suffered that high ankle sprain early in the season, and he's getting up there in age. And uh, now Brandon Staley is talking about um, competition at the running back position. And um, this is similar. Uh, a few journalists have pointed this out. I think it's similar to comments he made about the defense a few weeks ago, and then he went and benched uh, three members of their secondary, I believe, after that. So, <laughs> like, this man might actually mean what he says here. Um, and uh, that could mean that Joshua Kelly, who I adeptly just traded for in our Dynasty League last week, <laughs> could, Saw that. could be looking at some more opportunities here. Yeah, and I think this is a year or two. I'd have to look at uh, Spot Track to see, like, the, um, the, yeah, the contract situation. But I think Eckler... Did he sign like a one-year deal or did he he sign a multi-year deal? Because I feel like this could be a year where if Eckler is on the way out, if they, you know, kind of cut ties with him, you know, maybe Staley's on the way out too. Joshua Kelly, I saw that in Dynasty. Like this is a, this is someone who's still on a rookie contract. Like that's someone in Dynasty or Keeper League could be a long shot to be, you know, pretty valuable next year if Eckler's not there. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, Eckler's an unrestricted free agent after the season. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if Kelly has really shown enough to, to merit being a lead back or anything like that but right he's still pretty young and he's had his moments here and there so something to keep an eye on i mean maybe isaiah spiller gets um gets activated uh and starts to get a few touches too Um, it's possible i suppose um you know the broncos defense has uh certainly improved a lot as the season's gone along they're still weaker against the run than the past though so um you know uh, maybe and and you know, with the Chargers, I mean, Joshua Palmer, uh, his uh, window to be activated from IR was opened, but that I'd probably bet against him being active this week. So the, yeah. the Chargers are still undermanned in the passing game and, and might, you know, want to be able to run on lean on the running game a little more if they actually can average more than two yards per carry like Eckler's been doing. Yeah, I think like, he, you know, Kelly becomes like a sneaky flex play uh, with all this kind of talk around it with the things you're talking about, too. And if even if Palmer was activated, like against the Denver secondary, this defense has been playing really well, you know, over the last month or two, really like 
first first month of the season, you know, they obviously got torched by the Dolphins and whatnot, but they were they were not looking good uh, even beyond that. And, but they've been much better. And yeah, like there's some really good matchups coming up. Week 15, 16, Vegas, the the Bills. You can run on the Bills too. So like this is someone who could be fantasy viable. And and even Eckler himself maybe will turn it around. I have him at RB 15 this week, which is basically where he's been. Like that's he's been the RB 15 on the season. Uh, so like I feel like I kind of had to rank him around there, if not lower. Yeah, I've got him at RB eighteen. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's like I said, three straight weeks outside of the top thirty. Uh, just really, really poor yard per carry average right now. Um, just and it and it's also the eye test. I mean, he just doesn't look nearly as explosive as the Austin Eckler we've known in the past. So I still think, you know, you can't completely write him off because he he's a good bet to catch four or five passes, especially um, with how unproven this uh receiving core is behind keenan allen right now so i just think um they may need uh eckler to step up as a receiver and maybe more of the, the carries go kelly's way yep and then on the other side i mean Cortland sutton we we should really you know talk about him he just keeps scoring touchdowns like he, i know you got to talk about him you got him man in our dynasty league yeah i mean he's been awesome i mean i've been playing him all year there i think i've, I've got him in scott fishbowl i've been playing him more weeks than not there um pretty much every week and he's he's not like, you know, he's not 150 yards in a touchdown, but he's like <laughs> 60 yards in a touchdown. I mean, he's like you you love to play guys like this. They they keep your fantasy team afloat uh, and and will help you win weeks. They won't win you the week, but they'll help you win weeks. So Sutton's been awesome, and I love Javante Williams this week. Uh, he I think he's going to have like a top 10 performance. His usage has been ramping up. Like last couple weeks, it's been more in that 70% snap share, a little bit more of like a workhorse type role ish you know Jaleel McLaughlin is like just not really getting the touches that he was earlier in the season Pate, Sean Payton's really starting to give the ball to Javante and I think they could run the ball against the Chargers like we could see a lot of running the ball on both sides in this game yeah I, I I'm not that into Javante this week um I got him at RB 23 I just I don't know it's like it's been frustrating I've I've been waiting for the breakout to happen with him and it's just like it looked like it was happening. Like he was a top ten running back in weeks eight and ten with the buy mm-hmm. in between, and then since then, it's RB thirty one, RB twenty nine, RB twenty four. Um, you know, not getting enough carries. I mean, you know, not getting to that twenty carry mark you'd like to see. Um, still losing a lot of snaps. I mean, like he's basically like their version of Rashi Rice. You know, he, he tops out at seventy percent of the snaps. <laughs> like you know, they are getting McLaughlin and and P Ryan um, touches and snaps um, more than they should be. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean he's an RB two. I just don't. And and the Chargers are certainly not a defense you're particularly afraid to play against. But I, I'm just uh, I'm just not really feeling it too much there. Okay, well this is we'll, we'll differ on this one this week. He's my RB nine, so I think he's going to turn it around. Okay. I, I think so, so. You've got twenty three. I've got RB nine. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he will get fifteen to twenty touches. I don't know if he'll get twenty carries, but I think he'll score a touchdown. Yeah, I, I like Javante this week. That's fine. I mean, in most in most situations, if you've got him, you're probably starting him. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not really advocating to bench him or anything like that. Um. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Sutton is basically, like, he is what Rasheed Rice, like, what people want Rasheed Rice to be. Like, Sutton already is. Like, 60 yeah. yards and a touchdown every week, you know? You'll take that. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 
Cowboys Eagles. This is a big one in real life, big one in fantasy as well. Uh, another potential massive shootout um, here. Uh, you know, the the uh, Cowboys defense, I think, is, is better than the Eagles defense, but um, certainly against the pass. But even, even so, I, I'm not really betting against Jalen Hurts and that uh, in that passing game either. So uh, these are, th- you know, the third and fifth highest implied point totals of the week in this game. Should yeah. be a lot of points scored on both sides. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you start your studs here, right? Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much – you're starting everyone. The, the, you know, for the for the Eagles, the one thing I noticed last week against the Niners was that uh, Kenneth Gainwell outsnapped uh, uh, Swift – which I mean, that game was kind of out of hand. Uh, well, Swift I, got Swift was banged up too. Yeah, and so like I, they probably just didn't want to try to force getting him back in the game. It wasn't worth it at some point. So, uh, assuming Swift is healthy, um, yeah, you you got to start him too. But I, I do have him a little bit lower. Uh, Swift, you know, like we, we were, I was ranking him as like a top twelve guy just a couple weeks ago. So he's not he's not up there for me anymore. He's definitely down a little bit lower in a tougher matchup. But yeah. I do think some some points will be scored in this one, and we could get Dallas Goddard back. Sounds like he's healthy, and I'm firing him up in Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, I mean, I think given the state of tight end, if if Goddard's playing, he he immediately jumps into the top ten. Um, have to. And it's not yeah. great news for Devonta Smith, uh, I think, to have Goddard back either. It's he's still a right. wide receiver too, but it just uh, makes him a little riskier, I think. Um, I have Swift. Where do you have Swift? I have him at RB sixteen. Yeah, let's see. I have him at uh, 23. Okay, well, there you go. That's our bet then, because I think Swift <laughs> is going to be better uh, than than Javante Williams this week. So, All right, that's, there's that's a good bet. That's what we'll see. All right. <laughs> I mean, this is assuming Swift is healthy and, and good to go, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I'll toot my own, my own horn real quick. And, uh, you know, Tony Pollard, he's been, scoring, he's been scoring touchdowns lately. This is a little bit tougher, tougher matchup. The Eagles are tough against the run. But Tony Pollard can find the end zone in different ways. He has been against some bad defenses lately. Um, but I, I hit all my anytime touchdowns last week when I tweeted out Pollard, Derrick Henry, and Isaiah Pacheco. So I haven't tweeted it out yet this week. I don't know who I'm going with, but I'll hopefully have a couple more winners for everybody. Nice, nice. Um, well, what do you think about Pollard for this game, though? Because I, I personally think he's kind of a trap. Uh, like, I, you know, he's been a top 13 running back the last three games, but those are all really favorable matchups. And yep. We were expecting it from him in those matchups. We actually were expecting it in four straight matchups because he got the Giants in Week 10, but he flopped in that one. I know. And then got it done against the Panthers, Commanders, and Seahawks. Even in those three games, though, where he was the top 13 running back, he never ran for over 80 yards in any of those games. Yep. Uh, He just he scored in all three, you know. Um, But the, the Eagles are really, really tough against the run. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, so maybe he finds his way into the end zone, but I, I have him at RB20 this week. Yeah, I think that makes sense. He was the RB28 against Philly in Week 9. Uh, so, like, I have him at RB17, but I might move him two or three spots lower. Like, I think I think RB20-ish makes more sense. Uh, def- like, ECR right now is RB12. So, yeah, I think... I think I think we're right and ECR is wrong. Yeah, there's just a lot of recency <laughs> bias in a lot of these things, you know. And yeah. it's like I like I was calling for Tony Pollard to <laughs> to be a good buy like a month ago because of that schedule and now his schedule is worse. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, now he's going back down my rankings. <laughs> I mean, but he, like like Javante, he's someone who you're playing like even at RB20 or whatever, like you're probably playing Tony Pollard unless you're in some kind of an 8 or 10 team league where you're just 
stacked at running back. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. And again, like this should be a high scoring game. Maybe he can catch a few passes and and yep. and you know boost his his numbers that way as well. Yep. Um, and then yeah, anything else on this game? I mean, it's just it should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, if I want to watch Dak's been, I mean, these quarterbacks have been so great for fantasy. I mean, Dak has been as good as Jalen Hurts, you know, for the last month. It's been, I mean, it's been awesome for fantasy if you've picked up Dak a month ago. Yeah, and I do think Brandon Cooks is a good option this week too. I mean, he's yeah. been, um, and 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 Jake Ferguson. I mean, both of those guys are kind of touchdown dependent, but in a shootout game like this, the Eagles' uh, secondary is very suspect. So, um, yeah, I think this is a good opportunity to fire those guys up. Good call on Brandon Cooks because, like last week when we were t- we recorded, I said play Brandon Cooks on Thursday night over T Higgins, who may or may not play Monday night, right? And T Higgins did play Monday night, but he caught like what a couple balls three, and three passes for thirty five or something. Yeah. yeah, not really anything until like the fourth quarter that kind of saved his, you know, just a little bit of something for him. So, yeah, with all the weather situations around the league this week, the tie is going to go to Brandon Cooks. Like if I, if I had ten questions on Twitter about Brandon Cooks or you know, some guy around where I've ranked Brandon Cooks, I'm probably going to say Brandon Cooks. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a, it's the kind of game you want to lean into, not away yes. from. Yep. yep. All right, speaking of which, the Dolphins and the Titans. Dolphins have the highest implied point total of any team uh, on the Week 14 slate, which is music to my ears as the guy who has all the Dolphins in Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> and this yeah. is the week where half of the teams in the, the – half of the remaining playoff teams in Scott Fishbowl are going to get eliminated, so – I'm happy. I know you've talked a lot about how the Dolphins' schedule is going to get tougher starting mm-hmm. next week, but um, this is a good opportunity for their passing game against the Titans, and uh, it's it's a great week to start. To a uh, great week to, uh, I mean, any week is a great week to start. Tyreek Hill, um, Waddle looking good. The running backs. It's just uh, I, I'm excited to play my Dolphins this week. Yeah, I mean, start them all. Uh, HN. I, I'm pulling it up right now. I have him as my RB4 right now. And we were talking before we recorded. I think I moved him pretty far up in my rest of season rankings because I'm like, well, if I'm going to rank him as the RB4 this week, like there's only so many weeks left. <laughs> and so I, I have him ranked well ahead of Mostert at this point. Mm-hmm. Mostert, um, where do I? I mean, I have Mostert at RB16, you know? So like they're both, you're, you're starting them both. I could see ranking them both as top 12 guys, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say we differ quite a bit on this. I have Mostert ahead of A-Chan. Mm. Uh, I've got Mostert at 11 and A-Chan at uh, 14. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you look at what happened last week, I mean, like, A-Chan barely played in the first half of that game. And then, you know, they decided to to basically let him take over in the second half when the game was already over. So, like, I that to me is not... Like I don't read that as them being like he's the he's the main guy now. Like I read it more as like they were up thirty eight to seven or whatever, and they were like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get HN uh, some action and let him let him enjoy the spoils here, you know. So yeah. like I I do think he's clearly ahead of Jeff Wilson, and I like I've said all season, I think this is a team that can easily support two fantasy viable running backs, um, but like I don't. You know, I feel like Mostert, if that game had been remotely competitive, like he would have gotten more than 11 carries because like almost all of that was in the first half. Yeah, and we could see similar game script here. We could also see, I mean, it could play out just that they both get work because he didn't play in week 12 against the Jets. Achan didn't, you know, because he, he dealt with an injury that he picked up in week 11. So this was his first game back after a short little, you know, injury stint. So I don't know. Like, I, I, I just tend to think like you can start both guys. 
to me, it's like a, a, a Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery situation where you're starting them both um, for the foreseeable future. But for rest of the season, since we had to do, we were doing our last one of the year, I did put A-Chan above Mostert. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's very similar to the Detroit situation where Mostert is the Montgomery and A-Chan is the Gibbs. Yep. Um, all right, so what about the Tennessee side of this? I mean, I, I kind of feel like um, – I've been streaming the. I've been running with the Dolphins defense for a few weeks here, and they've been awesome. Me too. I think they should be awesome again in this matchup. Um, but that being said, uh, you know I don't hate the idea of playing DeAndre Hopkins in this game. I feel like there could be some negative game script, so he could he could get a fair you know double digit targets and a decent box score. Um, and then Derrick Henry. I mean, like theoretically, this is not a good matchup because they're thirteen and a half point underdogs, and Tyje Spears plays a lot in passing situations but um i'm i'd have a hard time benching uh derrick henry in a must-win matchup in fantasy yeah i wouldn't bench derrick henry uh i think he'll be fine and then he's and then he's got houston you know coming up which you know is not as great as it has been in years past but he has great history against houston he gets them twice in the fantasy playoffs we've talked about that before i'm with you on miami defense man i've been rolling with them i also have two defenses in one league where i have I have Miami in like three leagues, but I in one league I have Miami and I have the Jets. So I'm 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 playing Miami this week. I'm playing Miami next week. That's the plan against the Jets. But then I'm going to pivot probably, and I'm probably going to play the Jets because the Jets have some nice. I mean, I don't know if other people out there have done something similar, but like the Jets week 16 have Washington, then they play Cleveland and, and New England week 18. If by some chance you're <laughs> you're playing week 18, I mean there are some leagues that do. So uh, whereas Miami gets Dallas and some other tough matchups, so. I will be pivoting off of Miami here uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, I I will too. I just haven't decided who I'm going to pivot to yet. I I was actually eyeing the Jets uh, a week or two ago, but somebody else scooped them up, so they're off yeah. they're, they're off uh, the table for me. Uh, the Eagles were another team I was looking at for Week 16, um, but they're they're no longer available, so might have to go Seattle or something like that. I'll I'll be looking. I, I mean. I'm in a weird situation where I, I basically already have the buy wrapped up because of a points tiebreaker, um, but mm. I still kind of want to win my match. I'm playing against the number one guy. I'm the number two, <laughs> so I'm like okay. holding the tight, uh, holding the Dolphins D anyway. <laughs> even though I'm like, I should probably just drop them for a defense that I prefer in Week 16 because that's the next meaningful game I'll have. But I just uh, haven't quite been motivated enough to do that yet. Okay, uh, I don't have anything else on the Titans side. I mean, I, nothing else to say other than Derrick Henry, really, and, and Hopkins, like you said. Yeah, I mean Spears, I think in a you know is, is a deeper option. I think you could consider him just because um, he could catch some passes in this game. Yeah, I mean he could get the late. I mean if it's a blowout, he could get the you know he could get like the second half uh, work. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, so Giants Packers uh, Monday Night Football final game uh, of the week. And you you wanted to say something about uh, what I was saying about Jordan Love last week? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, before we get into that, I'll just point out the Dolphins-Titans is also Monday Night Football. So there's two Monday oh, Night that's games true. this week. I'm sorry. That's so correct. Th- this is like a doubleheader. They're both on at the same time. Yeah, for I don't know reason. why they do that. I, it still confuses <laughs> me. But. It's weird. But yeah, like with Jordan Love, like you pretty much, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, you kind of said it all. I mean, you were really gushing over Jordan Love like and you were saying like earlier in the season like you didn't think he was very good and he wasn't and but like you know he's turned it around I mean we did the same thing we, we this was like a anti-Najee Harris podcast for a long time and then it's like he's come around too so 
it's okay to be flexible and start, you know, guys pick it, pick it up and we can be flexible and talk about them. So yeah. Yeah. Jordan I mean, love the world yeah. would be a much better place if more people were like that, where they can actually, you know, admit that they were wrong about something and, and have their views evolve based on new information. Yeah. Change your opinion, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, we talked about Jordan love already. Like I have him as a top 12 play. I think you can start him over a guy like CJ Stroud playing the jets. So, and moving forward, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, against the Giants, this is a great matchup. Like, I think you're going to want to start uh, A.J. Dillon even, you know, as like a low-end RB2. I don't think Aaron Jones is coming back. I, know I you're... don't know. He was back at practice today. Well. And he was looking pretty good. Now, okay. I've, I've already fallen into this trap like two or three times this season <laughs> where he's looked good in practice and it looked like he was going to be all the way back and then he plays like 10 snaps, but. Well, uh, where you're waiting around on him, do you have a do you have a backup plan? Like, do you have a Jaden Reed, or you know, do you have I don't know, do you have Romeo Dobbs or someone you can throw in the flex for him? Yeah, I mean, the only place I'm waiting on him is in the Scott Fishbowl, and um, like I, I might not choose him anyway. Like I like if Brevin Jordan, for example, we didn't talk about him with the Texans game very much, but like mm-hmm. if, Dal- if Dalton Schultz is out, uh, I think Brevin Jordan is in the Scott Fishbowl rules where they really favor tight ends, like is a better play yep. than Aaron Jones. So that's kind of who I'm hoping to start. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's Scott fishbowl. So, you know, it could be like Tyler Conklin over Aaron Jones and <laughs> actually makes sense. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm not very excited about AJ Dillon. Cause I like, I feel like he's like, if, if Aaron Jones doesn't play, then AJ Dillon's like, you know, a low, like, a low end RB two basically. Yep. And yep. if Aaron Jones does play, then you don't really want to play Aaron, uh, AJ Dillon if you can avoid it, I think so. Uh, but yeah, I mean this, you know, this should be a favorable game script for the Packers. They should theoretically be able to run the ball a lot against the giants. Yeah. And with Christian Watson dealing with an injury, we were talking about this earlier about the Packers receivers. Uh, I do have Jaden Reed at my, uh, wide receiver 27, Romeo Dobbs 29. So I have him pretty close. I just have Reed, Slightly above. He's a little bit, you know, more dynamic playmaker. But, I mean, Dobbs has had that connection with Love really all season. And we've just seen a lot of these stat lines where he'll have, like, 30 or 40 yards and and maybe a touchdown. So, I do think Reed has a little bit, you know, bigger potential to have a bigger game. Yeah, I've got Reed at 29 and Dobbs at 32. Um, you know, I think Dontavian Wicks, too, is a guy in, mm-hmm. a deep, in deeper formats you can look at. Um, you know, I, I, I feel bad I may have, like, contributed to you dropping him in our dynasty league a couple months ago <laughs> but like he's definitely coming on um and uh you know i do think if if we haven't heard much about christian watson but just looking at when the injury happened it it had all the harm marks of a of a, a pretty significant hamstring pull that could cost him a month or something like that so yeah. we'll, we'll see uh i don't i haven't heard anything about him really this week yet but um i'm thinking wicks is a guy who uh, could step in and you know it didn't seem like the Packers were a team that was going to be able to support three wide receivers but they basically have been doing that all season so um, if if Watson's out I think Wicks uh, could be the latest guy to sort of sneak into fantasy relevance yeah he could be um, in, in, a, in a deep league or even just like a, a guy to add and see what happens because you're right Watson could be out I mean he could be out like the rest of the regular season or at least through the fantasy playoffs um, as far as the Giants, I mean, I think it's Saquon, no one, uh, unless you have DeVito in like a super flex, you <laughs> might be able to start him like in Scott Fishbowl. I do have the 
DeVito versus Jameis, uh, you know, versus Bryce Young type situation. So I, I suppose you could look at it, but Green Bay's defense is getting healthier. You know, they're secondary. I, I don't want to, like, roll the dice on a Jalen Hyatt or Wandale Robinson or, you know, Darius Slayton, any of those guys. Like, I don't have any of them as, like, top 40 or even 50 wide receivers. Jalen Hyatt may be the, the best of the bunch just because he had a good game before the bye, but I'm not trusting any of them. Yeah, I mean, Hyatt's maybe more of a big play guy. Wandale Robinson is probably going to see a fair number of, like, low A dot targets. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Super low. At like, this behind point the, the line season, of like, At this point in the season, you're not – like, you know not to start Giants pass catchers. Um, yeah. But Saquon, you know, I mean, Green Bay, you can run against Green Bay. So, I, it's not a bad matchup for him. No. Uh, certainly, just the overall um, state of the offense is not great for Saquon, but – they're coming out of their bye. Like, they should be fresh. Saquon should be fresh. So I've got him at RB8 this week. Well, talking about the bye, I mean, we could talk about the Cardinals and Commanders. They're the only two teams on a bye this week. So this is week 14, last week of the byes. Then we'll have everyone the rest of the season finally. I, I think, you know, you should try to – I mean, we're past waivers, but you should be trying to hold, obviously, guys like Trey McBride, James Conner uh, through the bye. I, I, I did mention this a couple weeks ago that, like, for James Conner, he does have really tough matchups week 15 through 17 i actually dropped him in guillotine league where i'm mm. building like this super team i mean guys like james connor which is you know it's now a five team league right so guys like right. james connor are on the waiver wire but in most leagues you're you're gonna try to hold him because you don't want to give up that workload and man he had quite the revenge game against the steelers last week he did yep uh, so yeah, yeah. You, you try to keep those guys to the bye yeah and hopefully the bye is enough time for marquise brown to get healthy because i mean mm-hmm. he's I think he just has been dealing with an injury for the better part of a month, and we haven't really seen um, the Kyler Murray uh, Hollywood Brown connection that we're used to seeing and we're expecting. So, hopefully, with that heel, um, the the week off really helps, and uh, and he can get back on track uh, after the bye. Because I I still have hopes for him to be um, a wide receiver three at worst, and maybe even a wide receiver two if he can um, if he can start uh, connecting on some of those deep balls with Kyler. For sure. And then with Washington, I was just going to look up uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, he's 55% rostered. Uh, Brian Robinson, I think, picked up a hamstring injury, which obviously they have the bye week to, to heal up. But like you know, that could be a couple week uh, injury. And so I, I don't know if Antonio Gibson is going to be someone you're going to want to start in week 15. <laughs> but if there's no Brian Robinson, you know, against the Rams, it's at the Rams. So you don't have to deal with any weather. You could have someone like Gibson catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. Like I thought Gibson was going to have a much better year than he did. Um, but if Brian Robinson is out of the picture, even for a week, you might be able to think about him in a, in a flex spot in week 15. What do you think? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I sort of feel like Chris Rodriguez would step up and handle a lot of the rushing workload in that scenario. And Gibson would probably just be the pass catching back and, and, uh, get a few carries here and there. But yeah. Um, just the state of the commanders though i mean like they they don't really they can't really afford to run the ball that much anyway because their defense is so bad and they just tend to get into these shootout kind of games uh anyway so uh, right. that that probably plays to gibson's uh strength um you know robinson has been much more involved as a, as a receiver this year than i was expecting and i think that's just the nature of if you're playing running back for this team that's something you have to do yeah, I, I, just, I thought BNME might do that with Gibson this year. You know, like I drafted Gibson in a couple leagues, and then by week four or five, I was dropping him and feeling really sad about it. And so maybe I'll pick him back up in a league and just start him in week 15. Just one last hurrah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's just hard to trust this team. I mean, they spread the ball around so much. Like, 
you know, Terry McLaurin is just unusable basically. And, uh, I know. you know, John Dotson has been a colossal bust and, um, you know, Curtis Samuel has big games on people's benches. And then you, if you start him, he'll probably do nothing. It's just, uh, and Sam Howell is like, you don't want to watch it, but he tends to, he gets the fantasy stats, but it's, it's not pretty. Yeah. I mean, McLaurin is, is a guy who got dropped in a lot of leagues too. So like, if you're like in a 10 team league, you could drop a guy like McLaurin. Cause it's almost like, you know, I think you could the, drop him in, yeah, in a 12 team league. I mean, like what, like uh, McLaurin is really overrated, honestly, in, in, from a fantasy perspective, as far as I'm concerned, like it's, just, you know, he hasn't been, he's the wide receiver 44 in fantasy points per game this season. And if someone picks him up, who cares? I mean, it's like he might get them one or two points if they pick him up and start him in week 15. Exactly. I mean, I think at best he's a wide receiver three flex option and, and those guys often get dropped over their buys. Yep. All, All right. right. I think think that's it. I think that's it. All right. So good luck, everyone, in your uh, what is this? Uh, not penultimate. That's the one. The one before the last one, right? In your <laughs> final week of the fantasy regular season in most formats. I uh, hope you're all uh, headed to the playoffs, and we will be back at it next week to help you with that uh, first round of the fantasy playoffs, week 15, the all important week. Uh, again, we do have rest of season rankings up at rosrankings.com. We have our week uh, 14 rankings up on the site as well. So you can go up there and check that out. Uh, if you if that's not enough for you, if you demand even more from us, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, share, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.